0: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Conversation of Our Generation. My name is Nick Jamel and I'm the founder of the Conversation of Our Generation and the host of the podcast here. Today we are going to be talking a little bit about the um, the burning of the Cathedral of Notre Dame and how horrible that is and sort of my reaction at the time. And then also a little bit more about what we can learn from some of these amazing old works of art these amazing pieces of history and you know because I have had I've been fortunate enough for someone who's my age to get to visit a lot of these things and so I'd like to talk a little bit about what I think we've lost here and some of the potential that for people to you know experience something that I think is very very valuable and what that is and I, I wanted to talk a little bit about that today because really, I think it's an important event, (laughs) I mean, it's a huge, huge loss, and I think that this is something that we're not familiar with, but it's not as uncommon in history as we think it is now, but before I get too far into that, uh, I wanted to do our quote of the week, and actually, sorry, before we get to that, I'm getting too far ahead of myself, I'd like to tell you that you can also find us at conversationofourgeneration.com. You can find me on iTunes. If you just search Conversation of Our Generation, uh, my podcast will be the first one to pop up. And you can subscribe there, leave us a five-star rating if you feel, and a review if you are really feeling it. Or you can go to facebook.com slash conversationofourgeneration. Or you can find me on Twitter at Colin of Our Gen. And please, if you have stories, today I'm going to be talking a little bit about some of the stories that I have. Uh, in my back pocket of, you know, going, walking through historic places and what that's like. And I, I'd love to hear what you have to say as well. Anything that you have that strikes you, any stories that you have about, you know, visiting Notre Dame and what it was like for you, you know, because this is actually one place that I haven't and been to. And so I'd really like to hear more about that from people and, you know, what it's like and to just to be there and what it feels like um, even more so than, you know, the pictures that you can see, or, you know, you can watch it in the Hunchback of Notre Dame and things like that, but I'd, re- I'd really like to hear people's perspectives on this, so that's kind of why I'm doing this today, and so now let's go ahead and hop into the quote of the week, and this one is from Harry Truman, and he says, there is nothing new in the world except the history you do not know, and I think this is something that really is very true especially for my generation that you know we we think that we've just are are some sort of people who have over have overcome or gotten past any of the ills of history i guess and now we think that we're ready for a utopia to be built and we look down upon so much of history and so many times in history and I think it's weird because I think that there's a lot of people who look at Egypt and the Egyptians as these advanced people and then they look at medieval times as backwards and you know just all of all of human learning was lost and then suddenly regained in the renaissance and it's just simply not true I mean the a lot of the places we'll talk about today that I've been able been so lucky to visit were built in medieval times or in the dark ages, and they're pretty freaking impressive. <laughs> they're, I mean, they're amazing things, and they're amazing works of art, they're amazing buildings. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that comes from that time and before, you know, I mean, the Romans and the Greeks did a lot of amazing things as well, you know, China, and I mean, you know, there's a lot of amazing things in the east, you know, so it's, I think, a little, an uh, I don't want to say annoying, but I, it is, I guess that's probably all it is. It's just annoying that people who are my age think they know everything, but if they really dove into history, I think that, you know, hopefully they'd be a little bit humbled and realize how little so much of my generation has actually contributed to the world so far. And, you know, we're young, but some of us aren't anymore. So I think it's a important thing to remember That we, uh, there's so much history that we don't know, that there's so much history that is yet to be discovered, and that will really tell us so much more about who we are and what it's like to be, you know, what it means to be a person today through the lens of what our ancestors did or what the people who've come before us did and built. And I think that that's an important point of just starting from is understanding our history and understanding, you know, what it is that brought us to this point. You know, I talk about, you know, the philosophers and all of that, that helped us get the ideas of liberty that gave us America and that gave us our rights and freedoms that we have today. I talk about so many of the, you know, so many of the things that led us to today. It's the conversation of our generation because you know, we're talking about the things that are afflicting us today, you know, that are confronting us today. And we're doing that through the lens of history of, you know, the ancients and the you know, philosophers and, you know, and science and religion and all these things that have been handed down to us in trying to understand the world today through, you know, the wisdom of the ages. And I think part of that is knowing history because really, you know, it's, but in the large part, the learnings of a free market in a lot of ways of, you know, just people doing the things in their best interest and you study those storylines and you can see how people react to things and you can understand better about human nature and you can also see things like Notre Dame and the, you know, and Westminster Abbey and a lot of other beautiful churches and monuments and palaces that exist in, you know, especially in Europe, uh, more so than America, that is, because we're only you know three hundred years old as a country, so <laughs> makes it a little bit tougher. But uh, I think you can see so much of that culture at that time through that art, and that's kind of what I want to talk about, or in large part what I want to talk about today. So I think that it's important to start with just you know recognizing what we lost. I think yesterday and. While Notre Dame was burning, I, I saw something or I heard something on a podcast, and I, I didn't, I mean it was kind of, I some I didn't believe at first. I was like, no way this, but also it was uh, Michael Knowles, I guess it was where I heard it first on his podcast, and I, I didn't really think that you know, he would joke about that, so I looked it up, and you know, and it was just worse than I thought. Like I thought you know a little fire maybe they're doing a little bit of work and they put it out, but no, I mean it just. It just was consuming the place, and um, and I've never been to France, uh, and I just thought like you know that was kind of one of the things that's on my list is as far as going to France and seeing, you know, a lot of things that are across the country because it has a lot of you know history to offer, obviously, but I think that Notre Dame is one of those just landmarks. I, I think it to me would be much more what I would want to see. I would want to see that far more than the Eiffel tower, I think. And because there's so much more to it, you know, the Eiffel tower is a cool tower and you know, you, if you're in Paris, you got to see it. But I think that Notre Dame is something that's just been there. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I, I didn't look it up to see exactly how old it is, but I think that it's just such a piece of history, and there's so much more in there, because, you know, the Heifel Tower is just a big metal tower. This had, you know, relics. It had, from when I was, you know, as my mom just pointed it out yesterday, whilst we were talking, that it has the Crown of Thorns in it. It has, uh, just probably so many works of art, you know, in there, and that's just lost, and that's what's really sad to me, is these you know, big ancient or these old churches and cathedrals have so much put into them that when you lose it, I mean, you just, you lose so much art and so much beauty and so much goodness that really has been handed down to us. And I think that that's just sad because, um, I can't remember who was talking or who said it, but the idea that Beauty truth and goodness are all one right when you have you can't have one without the other and I think that you lose you lose all three um Obviously when you lose when we lost Notre Dame and and what and what we did lose of it, you know And I don't know how bad this is going to be. I haven't heard the latest reports on You know If the facade will be okay, you know, I know a lot of it is stone as well So maybe that will stay standing And hopefully so, because I think that that's a important part as well of, you know, of Notre Dame, at least there's something there that you could maybe preserve and pass down and show people, because I think that that's the big part of what it is. But I think it's just, it's just terrible to lose something like that. And, you know, luckily today, you know, this isn't as common of an occurrence for, so much of, uh, you know, of the Western world, but there is a lot that's going on. My brother pointed out yesterday that, um, that Tunisia, which I'm trying to remember which one is the country, and which one's the city now, if Tunis is the city or the country, but whichever one is the, now the city of what was Carthage has been in large part like leveled by you know, just crazy things going on in Africa and, and there's so much history that and throughout the ages has been lost by warfare, by, um, you know, and under Nazism, a lot of stuff was lost or at least temporarily, but some of it, I don't think they ever recovered or a lot of it. Um, because he, you know, Hitler was taking all the art out of France and, um, and, the other country, and everywhere else that he conquered, but in large part France, I know that there was a lot of stuff taken out of, like, the Louvre and everything, and I think that there's a lot that we lose to just natural disasters, and this seems to be a freak accident, um, you know, it doesn't seem to be terrorism from everything that I've heard thus far, but I think that no matter how you lose it, it still is just terrible, but on the bright side, <laughs> it, you know, I think this is one of the only things that I s- can think of being lost like this for a while. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it was about a hundred years ago, hundred a little over a hundred years ago, I guess, that, you know, you pretty much lost the whole city of Chicago in a fire for the most part, you know, a huge portion of it. And, you know, so that wasn't as uncommon. They talk about the Library of Alexandria being lost and... Um, really, I looked it up on Wikipedia to see, um, if I could get the years, but really it actually just went into decay for a long time. And then finally, after about 500, you know, it was built, it's former Makatone, um, the 300s BC and in, uh, like the 200s AD, it was finally just closed down because it had no more patronage. Um, it had, you know, just kind of wasted away. I mean, like. Part of it was one of the, uh, Ptolemy, I forget which one it was, um, was, um, the, um, person who just, he just kicked out a bunch of the intellectuals. And after that, there was no one there to really sustain the library. And so, uh, it's, and then from there just kind of went into decay. And then there was a rebellion that came up and whatever was left of it was destroyed. And you know, at least I think that you're seeing this a lot in Syria too, from what I've heard. I mean, obviously Damascus is, you know, I've seen pictures of it before and after the Syrian war and it's, it's in large part in rebels. And I mean, so much, so much of it is at least. And you know, it's just sad to me to see some of these amazing things just get leveled by warfare when, you know, or, or natural disasters. But I think that when it's us (laughs) intervening to take something down, it just saddens me more because I think it's just so senseless to lose something that we can come together over something that's tearing us apart. And so to talk a little bit about this history on a positive note, I'd like to talk about some of the lessons that I've learned because I've been able and lucky enough to travel, um, sometimes for mission trips, sometimes because of family trips. Um, and you know, so I've been to England and Ireland and Spain and, um, and Peru to see like some of the, you know, I got to see a lot of, uh, the old Incan buildings in Machu Picchu and, um, and it's, it's really incredible. I mean, I guess we could talk a little bit about Uh, Peru before we just to kind of switch it up and you know I will talk a little bit more about Europe but I think it's incredible too to talk about what was going on there because the Incans were building stuff out of I mean like pretty much everything was built out of stone in Machu Picchu that's why it still stands as you can see like they just had roofs that were made out of uh, I'm assuming something that's you know like I forget what it was exactly they told us but it was probably like some sort of straw roof you know with beams and so that part breaks down over time But, the fact of the matter is, I mean, they're stones, I mean, like, there's just stones stacked on top of each other, and they don't use mortar, they just fit the stones together, and the things are so damn heavy, (laughs) and so well put together, that they just have been standing for, I mean, I think, for over 500 years, and, you know, so it's not quite as old as, uh, you know, some of the medieval cathedrals and you know, in Europe, but it's pretty incredible that it's still standing and it's, you know, it's an, and it's, it's an impressive city that's built up in the mountains the way it is. And it really is over, you know, I mean, it's from the 1400s. So before, you know, it's from before people were coming to America. It's, I mean, before Columbus was coming to America, at least, you know, um, that's a, I guess that discussion is something for another podcast, but it's really incredible to see, the history there. And, you know, then there's other places that you can go and see. Um, like it's called, uh, there's a place called Soxai woman, woman. It's not Spanish. It's Quechua. So I do speak Spanish. I don't speak Quechua, (laughs) um, but it's an old, uh, like not even like kind of like a temple ish, like holy site. Um, and then, you know, And then we went to the museums there and we could see some of the art that was from the Incas and it was incredible to see some of the stuff that lasted as long as it has. And it's something that I think, you know, we talk so much about the history of Europe and rightfully so, because it has an incredible history and there's a lot there and we know so much, probably more about European history than we do about Central and South America. But there's a lot to Central and South America. I mean, the Incans were, you know, no chumps by any means. They were some pretty impressive people and they had a lot of, you know, really impressive art, really impressive buildings and structures. And it was an incredible trip to go there and see, you know, such a different history than what you get in Europe. Because w- when you go to Europe, you, you kind of see, I don't know the roots of. You see the roots of Christianity growing and prospering, and the roots of, you know, Western culture coming to fruition. But when you go to, you know, Mexico City, I presume, and see Tenochtitlan, you know, whatever remnants are there of that, you know, some of the uh, Mayan cities, and when you see the Incan cities, you you realize how much history was just happening here on this continent. Um, before, you know, the settlers came over and, you know, and all that, you know, we start to learn history when Europe comes to America a lot of times, or American history when Europe came here, but there's really so much more, and I think that it's really interesting, especially, you know, the Incan and Mayan empires were pretty impressive um, for, you know, for what they were, and so I, I think that that's something that's undervalued a lot and underappreciated, but I do think that one of the big things that's underappreciated is, by my generation in large part, is Western civilization. I think it is amazing. I mean, it is one of the greatest gifts we have is the freedoms and liberty and art and beauty and everything that comes from Rome, and Athens, and Jerusalem, and, you know, it starts in those places from a religious, philosophic, and kind of imperial standpoint, but, you know, it's really, it spread out so much across Europe, and Northern Africa even, you know, like, the reason why the idea about the, you know, the problems in Africa came up yesterday when talking to my brother, was that we were talking about the fact that uh, St Augustine was from Carthage and so you know that's uh you know that that was and that was an early church father you know in the Roman times probably around the time of Constantine um he was writing and you know in the process of becoming a saint um and so there's so much history i think that we see in western civilization it's so much of our past, because really, we do share this, it is, you know, for a lot of us, I mean, not everyone that's listening to this podcast necessarily is from European descent, but, um, if you're in America today, and you're living under the ideals that we have, then you're living under the ideals that came from Europe, and that came from Christianity and Judaism, and that came from the Greek philosophers and reason and logic, and the people who built these monuments were the people who were taking part in building what we have today. Um, and I think that that's an incredible thing. And so when people look down upon, you know, medieval Europe, (laughs) I mean, I'll tell you to look at the Alhambra, which was built by the Muslim invaders in uh, Spain in the, I think the seven, seven or eight hundreds AD, I'm going to have to look this up now and see, but the Alhambra is just an absolutely beautiful thing. It's, uh, I mean, it's just incredible to look at. It's just the mosaic floors are just so detailed and just all over. I mean, there's just so much of it is mosaic tiling and, uh, and I just looked it up and it was originally built in 889 AD. So a little bit after what I said, but so in the 800s. And it's just this fort that sits up on a hill. And if you look at it from the outside, it's a pretty impressive fort and impressive building. But if you go and look at pictures of it inside, I mean, it just has this ornate work and ponds and fountains and all sorts of amazing things in it, just all over it. And it's beautiful and it's lasted, so much of it has lasted till now. I mean, like, you still can take a tour of it and walk in the place that you know the Muslim invaders stood and I'm sure that after the Muslims were expelled from Spain that you know there was no shortage of kings that visited there or queens you know I mean there's it's a beautiful beautiful like palace and it's it's very interesting to see something that's just and it's The funny thing, too, is it just doesn't seem to fit in with so much of Spain in a lot of ways, but it also does, because, I mean, obviously the Moors had conquered Spain for, you know, about 700 years, uh, and, or, yeah, so, yeah, 711 to 1492, about, and, so, it just doesn't, it doesn't fit with Europe in a lot of ways, because it is a Middle Eastern-looking, uh, fortress, but, it's, it does fit Spain in the way that, you know, because so much of it, uh, so much of Spain has incorporated, you know, a Mediterranean feel anyways, because it is on the Mediterranean. And then also, you know, that Moorish influence made a big impact on, I think their architecture and their art in a lot of ways. And you see this kind of influence there. Another beautiful place that I think is amazing is also in Spain. It's the um uh, uh la sagrada familia or the holy family and it's a cathedral in barcelona that's still under construction actually it was uh it wasn't finished at the time i mean it's base. i mean if you go in it, it, it there's i don't know what much else they're doing from but from what i understand it was you know never finished to the original architect's vision i think he got hit by a bus while building it i forget his name at the moment um but if you, actually, if you are fri- uh, fans of How I Met Your Mother, um, Ted talks about it in one of the episodes when he's a professor. So when he's talking about archaeology and the unfinished uh, building in Spain, that's Lessa Grada Familia, and he's talking about this story, actually. But when I sat there, it was just incredible to sit in the middle of history being made. You know, this is a beautiful cathedral that's been under construction for 150 years and you know the medieval cathedrals were like that as well they took a couple hundred years to build um you know nowadays you would think that it'd be faster maybe but there's still a lot that goes into these things and they're very ornate and it still is you know a very ornate building but if you walk in it's supposed to feel like you're in a forest and it does the archways and everything are kind of decorated to look like trees and And it's an incredible, incredible thing. And so, if you ever get the chance to go to Spain, those are two places that I definitely recommend seeing. But there's obviously so much, so much more (laughs) to go see. I mean, they have, you know, the Palace in Madrid is beautiful and amazing. And, I mean, it's absolutely incredible as well. And when you go, uh, there's also... The, uh, the Prado is a great art museum. Um, it has so much of, you know, so much historic art. Uh, I mean, it has Picasso in there. It has, it just has a lot of, a lot of amazing art in it as well. Granted, my brothers and I did take a nap while we were there. Um, but we were able to move through the art a lot faster than our parents and grandparents were apparently. And we were a little jet lagged because that was the first place we went to when we got there. So, you know, we'd been up an extra like seven hours and it was just, you know, bedtime. Um, and so it is, but it is really an interesting, it's a beautiful art museum and it has beautiful art in it. And then I'd like to talk to you a little bit about uh, England and Ireland because I think that there's a lot there as well that's amazing. Like I, I never saw Stonehenge, um, from everyone else's accounts and my family who have been there. It's a little bit underwhelming because it's a bunch of stones piled on top of each other. And my mom's like, you know, if you go see pictures and read up a little bit on it, you know, you get the same amount out of it, but it takes so long to get out there to where it is and come back to, you know, London or whatever, you know, whatever cities you're staying in that it just takes away from all the other stuff you can see and learn, because, I mean, I think Stonehenge is some phenomena that people like to talk about constantly, but, you know, there's a lot more interesting things to see, and, you know, there's, like, there's St. Paul's Cathedral and Westminster Abbey, I mean, like, Westminster Abbey has um, thrones from, you know, hundreds of years ago, it has, I mean, there's all sorts of people buried in there. I mean, it's crazy to see some of the people who are buried in there. Um, In fact, I'm going to look that up and give you some of the people who are buried in uh, Westminster Abbey. But it's really interesting because, I mean, you can literally go over and stand, like, not on their graves, but, like, right by people's graves. I mean, it's incredible. And it's also a huge, huge church. It's, I mean, it had to have taken... I don't know. I, I, f- I forget exactly how long it took to build, but it was, I mean, centuries. Uh, and so, you know, so here it has uh, a couple people here, just for examples. Um, over thirty-three 3,300 people have been buried or commemorated at Westminster Abbey. Uh, it includes 17 monarchs. Yeah, so King Henry V, all the Tudors except for Henry VIII which, you know, fair enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> he didn't, I don't know if he deserved to be in the church, but you know, Isaac Newton, um, uh, Charles Dickens, it, it, it's incredible, you know, it's, so there's a lot of people who are buried there and you can see these people's graves. And, um, I do not want to go off. I mean, it's been, I went in eighth grade, so I didn't exactly remember. I, I thought that Shakespeare would, no, Shakespeare might have been up where he was from, actually, now that I think about it, but yeah, it's, it's truly incredible to see, you know, all of that. I mean, there's just, there's just so much there. And then there's, uh, the London tower is a beautiful place. It's, you know, if, if you have the chance to go to England, it's something that's, it's really incredible to see. Um, it's not as beautiful as some of the churches. I mean, if you can, you can just walk into pretty much any old church in England or in London and just be amazed because even like some of the younger churches are probably older than most of the ones we have, like here in Indianapolis, for instance, you know, maybe Boston or New York, you have some of the older churches that are, you know, or or Washington DC, but out here in the Midwest or out in West, I mean, no, there's nothing like that. And so it's, it's really incredible to see. I mean, there's probably some things like that, I guess I should say, we were a territory, but it's really incredible to see stuff that's, you know, 500, a thousand years old that has been, has had mass set in it for centuries. And it's truly incredible. And I think that what this offers, you know, and then there's also the castles are incredible. I mean, there's one castle that we went to that was actually bought by the Guinness brothers and, and they had this huge castle and they told us pretty much that like they had this one room was heated and they pretty much stayed in that one room because the rest of the castle was cold and drafty most of the time. So just a funny little story, but it was a really impressive castle and it was preserved because they didn't really use a lot of it. Um, And so there's so much history that you can find. And what I think that we can learn from this and what I, the reason why I talk about this today is I think it humbles us a little bit or a lot of it to to just walk in a thousand year old church to just, you know, look at, you know, a monument that's been there for 500 years, because a lot of the oldest stuff here in America is a couple hundred years old. You know, if you live around here, I mean, I go to probably one of the oldest churches in Indianapolis and it was built in like 1900, you know, I think it's, they started construction in like the 1890s and built and it was finished, you know, twenty. 30 years later, something like that, and it's a beautiful old church, but, and it's really built in the style of, you know, that, you know, of a Victorian age or even older, really, and so that's great, but, you know, and it's cool to be a part of that history, but there's so much more, and it's, to me, why I love so much of the stuff that I talk about is, I've been able to go and experience and just touch and feel history and and see it and and you know, and it's it's incredible. And when you stand in front of these things that you learn about, where you know, whether it's the place where this king was you know imprisoned because he did something you know or whatever, not a king necessarily, but where so and so was imprisoned by this king and so on, it's it's incredible to see that stuff because you know, you just feel like you're a part of history and you feel like it, cause we are, I mean, and someday we will be a part of history. And I guess my hope is that people will cherish the things that we built. And I think that all you can do really for the, for the people who are dead, I mean, you can pray for their souls in purgatory and you can appreciate what they left behind. Because, and really, that's more for our own benefit to really just understand what it is that we've inherited. Because it's really, I think, obvious to see the buildings and the art and recognize what we inherited. Even the music that was passed down and writing that we can hear still, you know, that can be recorded again and played over and over the same way it was at the time. You know, we can do that. But, I think that we start to lose it when it comes to the ideas and the principles and, and the beliefs that were held fast to by past generations that were preserved and given to us. And we, I think we just discard that so easily. And I think hopefully by looking at some of what we see in history, some of the things that you can really touch and feel, we can hopefully you know, realize what we need to preserve in history that it's not just that stuff. You know, it's not just the Cathedral of Notre Dame that's being lost here. There's so much more, too. There's so much more, you know, of our foundational beliefs that are being attacked. And, you know, that, you know, I think there's on a constant basis, I see ideas and beliefs doing the same thing that we saw at Notre Dame yesterday, just constantly in our country. But no one wants to put out that fire because that's what those old fuddy-duddies, you know, created. But those old fuddy-duddies were the same people who built these amazing, amazing buildings that created amazing art that handed down so much to us. And it's because of their ideas that they were able to hand that down. And so my hope, I guess, today is that... (laughs) they can salvage what they can of Notre Dame and hopefully it's more than expected, whatever that is, you know, hopefully by some miracle, there's an ability to really salvage and, you know, and reinforce whatever's left and make it great again, make, make Notre Dame great again. (laughs) Um, didn't mean to do that, but just came out. Um, and, and really, uh, preserve that for future generations and for people like me who still want to go see it, who haven't yet. And um, and so I hope that that's there, and I hope that we can also see the burning, you know, when when ideas and philosophies and religion are being burned the same way, because those ideas are just as important as these physical relics that were built by the people who had those ideas, that were built by the people because they had those ideas. and. I think we need to remember that as well so thank you for listening to another episode of the conversation of our generation i hope you enjoyed this episode please go on conversation of our generation.com facebook.com slash conversation of our generation or twitter at con of our gen to tell me stories about you know historic sites especially if you have some stories about going to notre dame i'd love to hear it and uh if you can also go to itunes Search Conversation of Our Generation, find my podcast, subscribe there. That really helps. And if especially if you give me a good five-star rating and review, really helps me out. And thank you again for listening to another episode of the Conversation of Our Generation. Let's get the dialogue going. Talk to you next week.